Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Welcome to Pred Wings Podcast, episode 64. Uh, social media, Pred Wings Podcast, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, as uh, Pred Wings Podcast. And <laughs> Twitter and YouTube, we're at Pred Wings Pod. And we will be going on Twitch at some point again uh, sometime. Uh, our email is prayerwingspodcast at gmail.com. And uh, if you're listening to us last week's show, uh, we're talking about uh, the, you know, you know Florida's last uh, Stanley Cup appearance was 1996. Um, I have an update on that part of the 1996 Stanley Cup finals. Uh, remember, you know, I was saying how a UV group uh, – was had the series clutching goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I was right. Um, so in 1996, uh, Florida got swept by Colorado. Well, through um, and game one was uh just briefly a three to one. Uh, game two was eight to one. So another blowout, kind of like this year. Uh, game three, uh, three to two, but game four was a one nothing win, and that was Juve Krupp's, uh three overtime clinching goal. So that's just a little update on that. And also, we talked about the brunette uh, hired by the Predators for the new coach, and I was talking about how you know the Preds uh, in Atlanta trade for him. So I got a little update on that Brunette trade. It was in what '98, I believe. I think I said it was. They got a 2000 conditional pick, which turned out to be a fifth round pick, uh, first or a fifth round first pick. Um, so Atlanta must have had the last. Uh, must have had the, the number one pick that year. Um, and the Predators picked Matt Hendricks. So I don't know if you know who he is or what, but he he only played one season. He played 44 games with the Preds. He had two goals, two assists. That was in 2013-2014. And he was a two, and that was a, a 2000 draft pick. So it took him 13 while well, he was in he was on other teams um other teams before that. So I guess, uh, I don't know. Brunette's the new coach, so I, I just want to throw that out there, you know, that, that little update. And um, oh, also, um, how we were, I, I don't know if we mentioned it on the show, um, but I know offline we were talking about how the Wings um, had the, uh, you know, the, the was it the win streaks, losing streaks with the, with the Wings and the Predators? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually the wings had a better, as far as the streaks, I mean, they had, they, I think they had more losing streaks. Um, but the, the wings losing streaks, uh, they had a six game losing streak. Uh, and then they had a five game winning streak and then they had another six game losing streak. And then they ended, obviously we all know, um, the end of the season with a five game losing streak. 
Um, but the Predators had three. They only had three. The most win streak uh, was three. Three game win streak. They haven't had. They didn't have any more. Uh, they had a. They did have one uh, four game win streak, but that was it. Um, but they had the three game win streak. They did that six times. So, um, I guess that's consistency. Um, obviously, but you know they they'd win some and then they'd lose one and then they'd lose win a couple more. But I'd like to see them. You know, maybe I don't know if it'll happen this year or next season, but it'd be nice to see see them be more consistent as far as you know more win streaks like three, four, five. You know, get that streak going. But so that was a little. Um, you know, just a little update on, you know, how, you know, things we talk about one week and we, we kind of forget and let that go. And just just wanted to clarify that and everything for, for the listeners. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't followed much about it. I just know that he was he was set up as a new coach and, um, you know, he's not proven. You know, he tried put did the exact same thing with Jeff Blashill and we know how that ended. I'm not saying it's the wrong choice. I'm not saying any of that because he's probably used to having a lot of these same guys in his system and he's going to be able to, you know, he's going to know their strengths and weaknesses from their time in Milwaukee. So yeah, it could be, it could be good. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just know from my experience as a Red Wings fan that it was, it was a, an experiment gone wrong. Oh. Tampa Bay's finding it out too, I guess. Um, With what was Cooper there? Uh, Hill. Oh yeah, but he didn't coach. Oh, that's right. That's right. He was assistant coach. He's not the head coach, is he? No. That's right. He's just an assistant. But um, well, but but, you know, that's another thing. You know, Brunette was an assistant assistant coach. So, I mean, obviously it's a whole different ballgame between assistant coach and, and, and head coaches, but, you know, it's, you know, we'll have to keep an eye on, you know, you know, how, how things develop. Yeah. We'll find out next year. We got a long ways to wait. Uh, no beer league minute. Uh, not really anything worth talking about. Um, my last uh, spring session for the, the little Zaboni thing, uh, both Wednesday and Thursday done. I actually played pretty good Thursday night. You know, I won a few face-offs pretty good, but didn't score anything. But I had a couple nice nice shots. The goalie made a heck of a uh, leg pad save. Oh, man, I thought I was in, but he just flashed that leg pad out. And as a goalie, those are the saves I love, just making those kind of saves, but. Uh, so, you know, that's time to take a little break, maybe, and, you know, probably about a, about a month off for that. And then, then, then I can get back into the, the summer, uh, and then, then that'll lead right into the fall. So it'll be a nice little break for me. Um, usually I play right as through, uh, you know, private rental stuff, but, uh, I'm going to take a little break. Um, but, uh, speaking of a break, uh, Oh, the Stanley Cup Finals started uh, after, a, a, you know, it was a, what, four days, I think, three, four days, whatever. But uh, so game one in, 
I don't know if I want to go on this rant right now. I mean, just, just, just I, I, I'm not going to go off on too much of a rant. Um, but it kind of concerns the, you know, a couple teams in particular. They're, they're, they're actually both playoff teams. Uh, as far as the fans and the, the national anthem, um, you know, the national anthem, you know, it, it just, I just have a, you know, maybe I'm a traditionalist, um, but, you know, in, you know, game one the, 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 in Vegas, uh, the fans, you know, they, you know, during the anthem, uh, easy for me to say, uh, you know, every time, you know, obviously night is in the, uh, and it's not the night, you know, it's it, night, not Kate, not, not the, not like the golden night, how it's spelled, but still, you know, night, um, every time, you know, and obviously that's in the national anthem, every time it sings night, they, the whole, all the fans yell night. Kind of like they do in the, with the Stars in Dallas. Um, I think I don't. I think those obviously the only two teams that do that. Be just because of the, you know the you know, Stars. There's obviously Star in the National Anthem. And they yell Stars. And so I, I don't. Know, I just think it's kind of. I just don't think that the fans should be yelling as it, it, it during the national anthem. It's it, you got to respect it. I mean, that's just not a sign of respect. I, maybe I'm just too much of a traditionalist, but I, all right, let's get into game one. Uh, so game one, um, I mean, I, I, I guess you can, you got, you got a little, little spew on stone and, and, and this kind of, you know, goes into, you know, game one and game two. All I'm going to say is for being so terribly injured to be on long-term IR, he's playing pretty freaking good hockey. Well, that's the cap uh, game that the Vegas has played over the last, what, two or three years? And and just for the record, I, I don't like either team, like a little bit, neither. I'm not enjoying this Stanley Cup Finals in the least. Um which is okay because not every year I'm going to get the teams that I want in. But of all the teams that were going to make the playoffs around the bubble, these were the two that I really didn't want to make it. And Colorado. Uh So any bias that you think I might have in this, don't think I have any because I hate both teams. But I think that the cap needs to change. I think that whole scenario, what you go into the playoffs is what you go throughout the playoffs with. And, you know, if he's healthy and he can come back and you're under the cap, then, yeah, he can play. If you don't free up cap, then, no, he doesn't play. Because now he's coming in, he's got seven goals, and he's just playing phenomenal hockey, Mark Stone. It's just funny to me that every year at playoff time, he's injured. And then every year at playoff time, he's miraculously at 100%. Not ninety, not eighty, not playing with, you know, like like Bergeron with the the discs. Her, was it herniated discs in his back? And you hear about guys playing with like broken ankles. No Stone, I I don't even understand. Maybe maybe he. Uh, who was that from? I think it was Tampa Bay. Had that uh, the pierced uh, rib or something, something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, so that's like, what I mean. Like that. That, that was their. I think it was their Stanley Cup run. So it's like, and he was playing with that thing. It's yeah, like, and I don't I don't mean oh. to I don't mean to rant about this, but 
Tampa Bay did it with Kucherov, and that was BS. I don't agree with it, and I don't like Tampa Bay either. I like them more than the two teams that are in, but I don't like the rule that players can go on long-term IR and then just miraculously the cap disappears at playoff time. I think that you should have to play with the cap because what's stopping me from trading for you know, three or four top players to add to my team that's on the verge of becoming great just to make a run. I mean, as much as I don't like Boston, Boston could have been like, oh, Pasta's hurt. Oh, Marshan's hurt. Like, they sat him for a couple of games. But after a big hit, the coach could have been like, all right, Marsh, go in the go in the dressing room. You know, we've already clinched the year. We've clinched the season. We've broken records. Go in the dressing room. You're hurt. So away he goes. Oh. He's going to be out long-term with a lower body injury. Okay, now we're going to go out and, you know, trade for Bertuzzi. We're going to go out and trade for whoever. I mean, just open the pocketbook and and trade for anybody. Because then come, you know, playoff time, oh, wow, Bergeron's at 100% and ready to go for playoffs. Oh, look at that. Marshan, he's at 100% and ready to go for playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a star-studded team whose only goal is to win the Stanley Cup this year. They're not building a dynasty. They're not growing, you know, for the future. They're picking up as many top talent people, injuring them, per se, on paper, and then bringing them back in the postseason. So, you know, if I wanted to watch an all-star game, I would watch the all-star game. But everyone's playing this cap game, and I think Gary Bettman needs to figure out how to stop it immediately. And, and this kind of goes on. These teams be more creative, create more depth and, in your system, get better coaching to make better players. There's ways to do it other than trying to sneak around and, and you know, go through loopholes. Close the loopholes, Bettman. Close the loopholes and make these teams play with the players who are on their team. And if they get caught, with players who are not truly investigated, investigated. If Mark Stone didn't have a, an injury that would have kept him out long-term and there was no medical records to prove it, dig, dig into it. Don't ask to see him because that would be violating HIPAA. But if he has no trace of anything that can help justify his story, then you got to penalize him, sit him. Tell them that they can't play him in the playoffs. Sorry, you can pay his salary, but he can't touch the ice. And, that's, and, that's a real loss. And this kind of goes, like, kind of feeds into another rant of mine about, you know, um, so to fix that problem, uh, keep the cap in the playoffs. And, you know, right now there's no cap in the playoffs, which is, Oh, well, so you keep the cap instituted in the playoffs because I know it's different. Well, they say it's a different season, but it's, it's good in the regular season. I mean, it's the same season. What's good in regular season? I mean, I mean obviously, play, penalties are different, a different story, too. But I mean, if it works in the regular season, continue on in the playoffs. It just doesn't make sense it's just, it's if you use the cap all season long you have to use the cap in the playoffs why would you just magically say oh we don't need why 
I don't understand. I don't know if it's because of, you know, call-ups like AHL, but usually AHL players don't make that much, so it doesn't really affect, you know, usually they don't even make a million dollars. So in, in that little bit is not going to really affect the cap. And even if it does go over a little bit, maybe give them like, uh, if they go, cause I know, I, I think if they go over the cap, there's like a penalty, maybe in the playoffs, if they go over like maybe two, one or 2 million over the cap, kind of like, a kind of like a grace thing where they don't get penalized, but if it's like obviously if it's, if it's like three or four, you know, three over three million, or obviously then you get penalized. So you know maybe you know do something like that. It just I don't I I just it just I don't know I, I it kind of irks me that they don't follow the same rules the league doesn't follow the same rules in the playoffs as the NHL, but they want the teams to follow the same rules. They don't want the teams to follow the same rules because if they did, then they wouldn't have all this cap game at the end of the season. Slide into game one here. Um, you know, Vegas is, I mean, they, they, they took over. I mean, they, they won the game five to two. Um, you know, I mentioned, you know, Florida, this is their, their second, their second finals, and you know, obviously it's a wholly different team because it was like 20, 30 years ago. But I mean, they, you know, they got swept on the first time they played in the playoffs, and one of those games I mentioned was was a blowout loss. But um, Florida actually scored the first goal of the series, but then Vegas is, they took over. And I, I kind of thought, uh, I think I saw more of the game one than I did the other two games. Uh, but it, I think Florida, they actually kind of, as, as much as Vegas took over, um, they just smothered them defensively. Uh, Florida actually kind of dominated. Um, I didn't see what, I didn't, I don't have the, what the shots were for game one. Um, but, you know, March or so, and Tito, and White Cloud, and Stone, and, you know, and then, you know, uh, Riley, or Smith, um. His brother plays for somebody. I don't remember who. Oh, uh, Caroline, I believe it is. Um, Brandon Smith, I, guess, I think, is his brother. Uh, but Smith scored an internet goal in this one. So it's actually 4-2, and then they scored the internet goal 5-2. But, I mean, Florida just, I mean, Duclair did have a tie at 2. Um, so it was sort of close to the third period. But Florida just come on glued in that game. They were just doing stupid stuff uh, after whistle stuff. Just, just unkind. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I can't really say I watched a lot of Florida in the regular season, so I don't know if that's the way they've been playing all season. But it just doesn't. It didn't seem like Florida. And um, just so you know, they they outshot the Golden Knights thirty-five to thirty-four. Okay. Yes. In game one, I think they actually did that in. Two and three is uh, actually game two, but um, so yeah, they I you know 
I don't want to say they dominated because obviously they lost and, and Vegas just took over. Well, you know, like I was saying, you know, their defense, they just smothered the Panthers. They didn't give them anything. But, you know, Florida, obviously, you know, as he said, they got the shots off. But, and then, you know, once once Vegas got that lead. Opportunities, Aiden Hill was playing out of his mind. And you know it comes down to power plays, um, in which I mean, well, it's not just power plays. I mean, like I just said, you, got, you have a goalie because who's well, playing unbelievable hockey. Well, because uh, you know, in the Vegas was two for seven on the power play, and Florida was zero for three in that game. So that's you know, obviously the difference right there. You know, Florida converts on the power play. You know, you know, Vegas had an empty net goal, so you know. You take that away, it's 4-2. Florida converts on the par by at least two out of the three, it's a tie game. And then, you know, obviously you wouldn't have that ending that goal. I mean, obviously, you know, Vegas, they were two for seven, so they, they kind of struggled on the par play as well. But, it, you know, it also, you know, comes down to, you know, the power play, you know, where they're, you know, black shots or, you know, or, you know, saves, you know, goal, goaltenders, you know, playing, you know, makes some really good saves. So, I mean, you, you can't really take a lot of stock at the power play, but in the, in the, in the playoffs, if you get a power play, which I mean, in the play, it's another thing. I don't want to go, go off that on that end in the playoffs, power play should be at a minimum. I mean, obviously, penalties, you got to call penalties. It all depends on the referee. Um, I mean, I mean, we'll get into it later with, with the, the Chuck Eichel, but it all depends on, on the referee crew. I mean, if the officials are, you know, hellbent on trying to keep the game in check right from the beginning, they're, they're going to call tons of penalties. They're going to call everything, even things that don't make sense or you don't, well, you don't know why. Yeah, that and I mean, obviously the infractions too. I mean, obviously a trip. I mean, you know, obviously a trip is a trip. It's a penalty, but you know, some of these other penalties that are like in the gray area that they could let, let them go. play. It's a Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, you gotta let them play. But you know, and, 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 obvious. and obviously it looked like it. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, Florida came unglued, so they had like. You know, they gave, I mean, I don't know if that's why, but, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't have a list of what the penalties were. Um, actually, let me, let me check on that real quick. Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't want to take penalties, but at the same time, you know, you have to, you know, you have to like, you have to let them play a little bit. And there was, there was quite a few. Let me see how many Florida had two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Um, and Vegas had one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so the penalties, uh, let's see. There was a roughing for Florida. Uh, and then Vegas had a roughing. Not, then that, this was not at the same time. So they were, they were not at, together. Uh, there was an interference. Uh, Florida interfered with so that I mean obviously that's that's a penalty you have to call. Uh, there's a tripping penalty for Florida, so that, you know obviously that's another one. There's a hooking on Vegas. Oh, so, I mean it looks like it was a rough game. It looks like 
It just looks one-sided. It just looks like their their penalties were actual penalties, not like a not like the penalties gray area penalties where they're like. Eh. I didn't I didn't see the whole game, and I can't comment on these because it doesn't mean that it was a real penalty. I mean, roughing. Okay, why was it roughing? Yeah, I guess. But I mean, not, like like, like the tripping, it? like tripping, the trippings yeah. on the hooks. Yeah, be be careful of that because you'll be the first. And, and, you would be the first one to run to Facebook and say something if a player stepped on a stick or, you know, it wasn't actually a trip, but they called it a trip. I mean, you can't say that these were or were not penalties unless you watched them in real time. And, um, you know, I didn't catch all of the third, so I can't comment on that last half of the third period on if those were legitimate penalties. But the roughing penalties, those penalties are should be, to me, they could be like an off, you know, one for each team. Because, I mean, obviously, if somebody's roughing somebody, the other team's going to be See, I hate to keep disagreeing with you, but I don't like that because the Red Wings have more at Cider. And towards the end of last season, he would not even acknowledge anyone trying to even put hands on him. He would literally just stay there and get face washed or punched, and his hands would never even leave his stick, that which was at his weight. Well, so that's he would just sit here and take penalties. It. No, but he would go to the box for roughing also, and well, he didn't even he didn't even move well, his hand. Then, then that good goes into the uh, your what you terrible, offici- yeah, t- t- terrible t- officiating officiating crews. You have you have to call it because guess what? If he didn't do anything and he's literally a victim, like. We we've got enough of that. I'm not going to get into it, but anyway, um, if he didn't do anything, like I've seen this with Moritz Sider, and that's the only reason that I know that. And yes, typically ninety percent of the time, there are two players who are face washing, not listening to the referees when they're telling them to break it up. You guys better stop it, or, um, you know, you better stop it or whatever. And if they don't, then they both go. Then you you hear that if you watch like YouTube videos and stuff. And um, but yeah, I just I just think that there's still, and I get that they are human beings. And I've seen some pretty bad officiating, and I've seen You're some pretty good officiating. But the problem is, is over the last couple of years, the officiating has gone downhill. The player's safety has gone downhill. I don't care what precautions you put in the game or what type of helmet you put on the players or what type of pads they have to wear now or what material anything is made out of. I don't care about any of that. The fact of the matter is more and more players are being injured, and that's because of how their players are are allowed to get away with things. I just don't think that... You know, they're really looking like, honestly, well, I we will get into it. But a perfect example was Barbashev on, on Gudis. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure. But it's just to me, the officiating continues to be a hot topic throughout the NHL. And I think it's time for Gary Bettman to either make some changes to the officiating playbook. Step aside. Or maybe find some new officials. Because. And, I, or, and again, or retire. And again, I've never been an official. I'm not pretending to be an official. I'm not saying that I would be better than an official. 
because I'm not. What I'm saying is for those of us who are actually watching the game and paying money, whether it be in person, season ticket holders, or just sitting on the couch watching ESPN Plus or TNT, we're paying money to watch these games. So make them watchable. It's already gone downhill with the lack of physicality. Players aren't allowed to make a good hit anymore. Players aren't allowed to fight. Everything is discouraged. It's a fast, but to me, boring. The game is getting boring. There's no rivalries. I'm getting off topic. But getting back back to it, the officials are not consistent. It's making the games unbearable to watch, and I don't foresee any changes coming. I just don't. And again, folks, I don't like either one of these teams. So I could care less who wins, who loses. You know, if both buses collided in front of the arena and all players weren't able to play due to injuries or or whatnot, it wouldn't break my heart. So what I'm saying is the officials need to step up and start calling a more even game. They need to step up and start making the right call that they're trained to be making. This is the biggest stage in hockey at all levels, and the officials are making it unwatchable. And I know Vegas fans will sit there and and complain about me ranting on this, and I'm sure Florida fans are going to sit there and, and complain about me ranting on them. But, again, I don't like either team, and I don't want to say the favors in one way or the other. What I'm saying is, as I'm watching these games, and I see some of these penalties called, and I see how after the penalty plays out, I just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I just, you need to let these guys play. You need to let them play physical. It's hockey. That's the way it is. That's why they're making millions of dollars, because it's very physical and dangerous on the body. If we're going to take away that danger, take away the paycheck. Yeah, they they definitely are taking the the the, the fighting, the physicality out of the game. You know, um, like I mean, I mean, there's still so, there's still so, like let's let's also make something else straight yeah. here, D Law. If I want to see a bloodbath fight, brutal, like a brutal fight, I'm going to go watch boxing. I'm going to watch UFC. That's where I'm going to get my entertainment from. But in hockey, if one of our star players, if somebody takes a run at like like Jamie Ben when he cross checked Larkin and dislodged a couple of his freaking vertebrae, if I'm on Detroit, my my next shift going after Jamie Ben. I mean, he's gonna have no choice. We're gonna I, I if he doesn't want to fight me, I'm gonna marshand him. And I don't want to, you know, I'm not encouraging people to just drop the gloves, but I'm going to sit there and I'm going to cross check him a few times and get him to either drop the gloves or show everybody what type of a man he really is. Or you don't, do, you don't see that. You can't. You can't do that. So there's no rivalry. There's nothing. Or do what Darren McCarty did. Cold cock him. Yeah, and 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 that's exactly right. Like. If somebody comes after one of my players, there's going to be a retribution 
at some point during the game. Or the next season. Well, at this point, yeah. But at the at the NHL level today, I hate to say it, but I've seen a lot more exciting AHL games than NHL games. And I don't, I know they're very similar in rules, but I think a lot of these get these guys and kids that are coming up through the AHL. Yeah, know, we'll talk about the AHL later. <laughs> I'm not getting into any stats. Hold your horses. Calm down. But what I'm saying is, is that these kids, Uh-oh. they want to, they want to show that they they're meant for this team. I mean, read stories about like Matthew Barnaby. Matthew Barnaby went out there and he wanted to fight Brad May. Every shift he was on, on this is in practice, trying to make the team. Like he's out there, like I'm going to make the Sabres team. So he's out there trying to go after Brad May and the coach keeps pulling. No, don't go after May. Don't go after May. Don't go after May. And finally, the, you know, May's like, yeah, let him go. Let him, let him have his turn. I mean, that's. And, and they did, and they did. They let him go, and, you know, he kind of put Barnaby in his place, and he's like, yo, I like you, kid. I, you know, you're going to stick around here. And that's where those young kids are. Like, they're trying to earn that spot on that team. So they're going to go out there. They're going to hit. They're going to fight. They're going to score. They're going to do everything they can to make the big leagues. And after they make it, it stops. That's it. Everyone's protected. But they're not protected because there's more head hits. There's more elbows. Was the initial point of contact the head? Yes or no? Like, there's always these debates. Some are obvious, some are not obvious. And I just think there's a lot of inconsistencies throughout that portion of the NHL that needs to be addressed going into the 23-24 season. Now my rant's over. Take it away, D-Law. Game two. So, game two. More of the same. As far as Vegas is concerned, uh, this one, I mean, I don't, don't even know what if Florida was even in the game. Because, uh, I mean, Vegas just totally, totally took control. Uh, they ended up winning this game 7-2. to Yeah, but um, Chuck still had a had a goal, so he's still causing problems out there. Marcheseau, Martinez, Roy Howden, Marcheseau again, Armit Amadio, who was the original king, I believe, and Howden were the goals, of was Vegas. So, I mean, other than Marcheseau, who had multiple goals, you're seeing a lot of depth, a lot, a lot of, you know, they're spreading the goals goals around. Um, you know, game one, uh, actually, they were all all uh, single. Nobody had multiple goals in that game. Um, but uh, for Florida, you got Lundell and Kachuk scoring. Uh, but Florida just, it was almost as bad as game one. They just came, they just, they came unglued. They're just doing stupid stuff after the whistle, between the whistles. I saw a little bit of this game. Um, the power plays were a little bit less, which is surprisingly. Um, Vegas was two for four, so, it's, you know, 50%. That's pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, it- Florida was 0 for 4, and, you know, again, so that's, you know, again, 0 for 7, you know, game 1 and 2, 0 for 7. You got to score in the power play in the playoffs, especially the finals. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, but again, I'm, I'm going back to the, the, the refereeing here. So we had two big hits in this game. Two big hits. The only difference is, 
one was on a star, and I'm not talking about the the Dallas Stars, but what's like, that? No, well, well, one of them was in Game Three, wasn't it? Was there Game Two? No, there was two in Game Two. Okay, couldn't so, then there was no one in Game Three. Okay, and, so I, one of them was against the star, and one of them was against just a big name player that people know. Now the player that hit the star hit him square in the chest, knocked him out for a little while. And I'm not saying out cold, but knocked him out of the game for a little while. He had to go be evaluated. It was a big time hit. The second one, which was a player coming down the ice with the puck, you know, sees a defenseman coming to to make a check. So what he does is he lowers his shoulder and catches him square in the chin. Not the chest, not the neck, not the not not the side, not the shoulders. Caught him square in the face. One player gets conduct kicked out of the game. The other one continues to play on. The player that, that has a hit square on the chest against the superstar gets a misconduct. So a clean hit, you're out of the game. The illegal check, which was square to the face of a defenseman. So this guy went out of his way, did a quote-unquote reverse check, which was let's just chip the puck by him, and then I'm going to steamroll him because he's not expecting it. That guy gets to keep playing. No ifs, ands, or buts. The guy that gets to keep playing plays for the Vegas Golden Knights. The other player plays for Florida Panthers. I think everybody knows the plays that that I'm referencing. It was Kachuk hitting Eichel. Game two, uh, Kachuk had two misconducts. Let's see. Duclair had a cross-checking and a misconduct. So this is all, let's see. Well, that was bef- that the, mis- the Kachuk misconducts. One was in the second period, and then one was in the third early. And then, in, let's see, at 1628, the third period, that's when Duclair got the cross checking, and then he got a misconduct, and then Eric Stahl got the abuse official. So, Eric Stahl, he's not even the captain. I don't know what he was, I don't know if he was arguing the. I don't know why he. I don't. I don't know what that be sufficient. He he had to have been arguing something. But I mean, a cross check is. I mean, obviously you you can't obviously argue because because if they're gonna call a cross check, it's obviously a cross check. It's not like kind of like a phantom call. I mean, it's got to be you know. I I didn't I don't remember seeing that play. Um, and then later on, towards the end of the period, there was another couple more misconducts. Just I think they were just trying to keep get get people no, out. Of, Eichel, I, I, Eichel, I, I, I'm thinking about this. Eichel is not game three. That was game two. That big hit on Eichel happened in game two. Yeah, he was kicked out of the game after blowing Eichel up on a clean hit. Caught him. He didn't get. Chest. But he he didn't get a penalty for the hit. It was a clean no, hit. He didn't. He just got it was not. The game. So they threw out the best. Player it was not. For a it was game. not. It, oh, that's. It was be he. He hit the he. I, I I thought it was game three, but it might have been game two. But he he hit him clean, 
And then Vegas, there was no penalties on the play, on that hit. No penalties. There shouldn't have been. There shouldn't have been. Can we agree on that, that there shouldn't have been one? There shouldn't have been a penalty. It was a clean hit. It was a clean hit, and there's no penalties. But then right after the hit, and this goes into what we just talked about, Vegas comes in and starts a fight on a clean hit. I mean, if it was a dirty hit, I could understand. But it was a clean hit, and then they come in and just start the fight. I mean, you don't – if if you want to get payback, you don't do it right then. Even if it was a clean hit, you wait, you know, later in the period or the next period or, or the next game. But they, you know, immediately after a clean hit, they start a fight, and then that's when that's when the misconducts happen. You got to keep – you got to keep your so, head up. You I gotta mean, keep your head yeah. up. And Eichel had that coming. I'm sorry. I, I'm not a fan of Eichel, but he had that hit coming. I mean, he went through the ice with his head down, and, looked up at the last minute, knew it was too late, and tried to tried to avoid and, it in any shape. Well, and moment. just be, and just before that, hey, he actually fell forward into him. So next, and he kind of like his one leg toe is like up, kind of like toe picked. But yeah, yeah but he, even even yeah. hitting him, even hitting him. Even falling forward, the truck still made contact with the shoulder. Yeah, and I the great thing, and the, the the thing I don't like is you know how Vegas went right after him. I mean, I know it's just you know start you stand player, up for your guy. You but stand up for your guy. on a clean hit, on a, you don't do. You, you, it doesn't matter. You take his number and then you do that later. You know, you don't just fight for. I mean, if it's a dirty hit. Yes, I'm telling you, you got to have a backbone. And that's why players go after everybody on clean hits. And it's been that way forever, though. I mean, it's been that way forever. If somebody had a clean hit on Wayne Gretzky. Well, I don't remember back in the the 80s and 90s. I don't remember, you know, them starting the big on a clean hit. I don't remember why they they just take their number and then they wait, you know, they pick their spots. Yeah, but good back then. Because back then, if you hit, I'm going to use Detroit because this is the Pred Wings. So back then in the 80s and 90s, if you took a run at Steve Eiserman, and there's plenty of YouTube videos on this, you had three monstrous big-time fighters who were going to stand up for him. And you're right. They might not go after it right then and there. Sometimes they did. Depends on the hit clean whatever dirty hits they'd usually take care of right away some clean hits they would still go after you just don't hit a star player like that and and vegas's reaction i don't have a problem with necessarily um but the difference is back then if you take a run and you you take out steve eiserman your next shift it doesn't matter who you thought you were going to line up against or who you normally lined up against you were lining up against bob probert so Bob Prober is going to skate off the bench and leave you zero options. So you want to hit our guy, this is what you're going to get in return. You don't have that now. Who, who's Ryan Reeves is the biggest fighter, I would say, right now in the NHL. He's the last man standing. He's a, you know, he's 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 extinct. They're extinct. Is the best word I can come up with. The NHL is made enforcers extinct. Ryan Reeves is one of a kind. He can't score goals like Probert. I don't like him, but he's tough as nails. 
I would love to play with him, not against him. Because now if I take a run at somebody against whatever team Reeves lands on, because he's a journeyman, that's just what his his role is. But whatever team he lands on, you take out their star, guess who you're lining up against that next shift? It's going to be Ryan Reeves, and you're going to have to answer the bell. The NHL got away with that. They don't want that anymore. They're sick and tired of it. And the fans want it. The players want it. Not all of them, but there's a good portion of players that want the enforcers to come back. But it's just not going to change because now after every single hit, hit, you're going to have four four to five guys going after whoever it was. The NHL wants these uh, up-tempo, fast, star, you know, skilled uh, offensive games. You know, they don't want See, these. See, but I don't like – I personally don't like that. I personally don't like that. The Michigan goal does nothing to excite me. You got to have a mix of each. I mean, you can't just have one and, and take take the oh, – oh, you got to no, have you gotta, you everything. You can't, a- you can't just have offense because, I mean, you got goalies and defenders. You, they they, they got to excel. You can't just I – mean, I don't like the, the the neutral zone trap like the, the 90 – was it the 90 New Jersey Devils? Or the 80, 90? I, I think it was the 90s. I don't – that's boring. I mean, that – you know, they cried that, that's that's not hockey. That's, that's just boring. Crap. You know what? This, Talking about you know what defense. this, hockey, you know what this you know, hockey reminds me of. Hard, 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 rough. Beer league? No, no. Beer league's more exciting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. But yeah, because everyone's got beer muscles. They're all drinking and they're hyped up because they see pros and everyone remembers and fighting back in the day. So everyone wants to be a fighter. On the, it, it's beer league's nuts. But anyway, um, what I'm saying is. Do you remember, and you can relate to this, and this is going off of hockey for a second. Do you remember NASCAR probably like 10 years ago when they had that like, it was almost like buddy racing where the only way you had a shot was to race with one person either in front of you or behind you. So there were like. Oh, they kind of still have that. (laughs) Like links of, well, it's not. No, I mean, this was bad. They got, they got teams. They got like four or five teams, four oh, or five know, teams in the teams. I know, like Hendricks. I, I get the, I Gibbs. But I I'm saying they got like four or five drivers, and they all hook up together. This, and then they What do. I'm saying is these cars were one and two. So one, two, then like to the right, like on the high side or the low side, there'd be one or two. Then drifting back in the pack, there'd be, you know, a front car and a back car, front car and a back car. Everywhere you went, it was like a. It was like they were towing each other around around the track, and it's like, this is stupid. Nobody's moving. There's no, like, jockeying for position. Everybody just found somebody and followed them. And there was only usually one or only two cars in these little clusters. So let's say you had 26 drivers. You had 13. You were looking at, like, 13 cars, essentially. So it was kind of boring. I didn't watch it. I stopped watching it after like the second race. And I kind of feel that's how the NHL is. They're trying to shove this like speed and everything else down your throat. I don't care about speed. I don't, 
I mean, look at some of these guys. I mean, they're they're puny little things. And that's not a shot at them because they're in much better shape than I am. But they're athletic in a different way. I want to see the Reeves. I want to see the Probert's. You know, that's what's going to keep these guys in check. That's what's going to keep the game of hockey honest. So, like, if, like, going, let's, let's move on to the, the Barbershev and Gudis hit. Gudis was coming, and I, I don't like him at all. Uh, He's I actually linked yeah, to the Was that He's, game two? That was game two. And he is not one of my favorite players. And he's being linked to Detroit, which I wouldn't mind it because I need a little bit of grit. But the thing is, he comes down to make a check. And you know it's coming because that's just the style of hockey he plays. Well, Barbashev is not a little guy himself. So he he gets rid of the puck so he can steamroll Gudis. Except he connects with him, I mean, square in the face. It's not even close. There was no crouching. There was no, oh, well, he could have avoided it. I mean, there was none of that. He ran over Gudis, hit him square in the face, and he got to continue to play. They didn't kick him out. Why? Why? What? Why is it not what's good for the goose is good for the gander? When did that end? You know, and, and it's and it's already bad because you've got all these people and I, I get sucked into it once in a while. We get all these people who are conspiracy theorists. You get all these people that think, oh, well, you know, this happened. Oh, this is going to happen. This lottery is going to land this way because that's who that's who uh, Batman wants. And, you know, people play into these little theories and conspiracies all the time. But it's hard not to when you see something like this. I mean, come on. The dude gets hit square in the face. You just eject somebody, so you're trying to set a precedent. Okay, we're not going to allow this rough stuff. Chuck, you've got a little bit of a history. You're out of here. You're done. We're, you're done for the night. Hit the showers. And then you've got Gudis getting steamrolled and knocked out of the game with a, a hit square to the face. I mean, it was so obviously to the face that Ray Charles saw it, but nothing happened. So now you've got people all over social media saying, oh, well, the NHL obviously wants Vegas to win. They're an expansion team. They would love to see an expansion team win it within their first five years of conception. That would just be incredible. The city of Vegas is bringing in lots of revenue because it's Vegas, and now they're in the Stanley Cup, so people are partying. They're buying merch. They're spending lots and lots and lots and lots of money throughout the city of Las Vegas for the for the the, the Golden Knights. Why wouldn't you? I mean, what's what's more important to Gary Batman? Money or who wins the Stanley Cup? He's going with the big market. He's going with the teams that are gonna that are going to win this. I'm not saying, and again, I'm not trying to start a conspiracy theory. I'm not saying yeah. that Gary Bettman's allowing this to happen or whatever. And what without his horse betting. But, but when you see those types of plays, it's hard not to think that. That's just my opinion. I mean, it's hard not to think that when you're calling one guy out. And, and now, mind you, Barbashev has a little bit of a history, too. 
He's a he plays a physical style of hockey. That's the way he's always played the game. So well, that's because he came from Philadelphia. Right, but it doesn't matter. I don't, he's a big boy that doesn't get physical. Really see him, you know, since he went to Vegas, I don't I don't really see him as the player that he was in Philadelphia. He kind of he's kind of like I I think he's more, you know, left that rough. I mean, he still plays rough, but I think he's more considering more on the on the hockey side as far as making plays and you know he's you know they believe he's yeah, but you don't for, you don't forget your roots. You don't forget your roots. And he, no. had, a, he had an opportunity to line up Gudas and take a vulnerable hit on him, and he didn't even attempt to make it look legal. He hit him wherever he wanted to hit him, and it ended up being square in the face. And and the beat goes on. You know that's frustrating to me as a hockey fan, not a fan of either team. Because, I just want it called fairly. Because if they're calling it fairly in this, then there's a better chance they're going to call it f- fairly when the Red Wings are playing. So you got to have consistency, and obviously. In this Stanley Cup Finals, they don't. And because of that, I'm actually rooting for one team over the other. But it wouldn't be disappointing to me either way. But anyway, that's my take on on all of that, the inconsistencies and just how the NHL is allowing Vegas to do as they need. And I just hope that Florida can find a way to, to beat the NHL, the officials, and the the Golden Knights at the same time for the underdog probably doesn't have a connection, but you know with a, you know sports betting has become a huge uh, industry and pretty much because of Vegas and you know Vegas is obviously at the center of gambling and probably sports betting is as well. And I don't know I might be kind of like make something of it, you know connect trying to connect to. But I don't know. I I don't want to say the NHL is pulling for Vegas, but I think they'd rather see Vegas. And I think I think they're, they're, I think they're more of a bigger bigger market than Florida, and and, and plus you know you get all that money in Vegas and gambling. I don't even know if if the I wouldn't be surprised if the owner. I'm, I'm not even sure who owns. The, the Knights, um, gotta, he's got a ties with within in the gambling. I don't think it has, has anything to do with any of that either. I mean, think about this. The NHL was pretty much shut down for, what, a year and a half? Nobody can be in the stands. It was well, every, every sport was. Right. But the NHL suffered. They suffered a financial blow, as did the teams. The players didn't because they have contracts. Um, maybe altered a little bit due to the circumstances and how their their contracts are written, but I don't know that. But they've been they've been financially hurt for about a year and a half. So a good way to recoup that money is to put the Stanley Cup in a city that's going to go, you know, absolutely batty if they win it. They're gonna uh-uh. be th- people are going to be throwing money left and right in Vegas if Vegas wins this cup. Now Florida won this game. So, no, we're 
still in, we haven't gotten to game three yet. No, I get it. So, I know, um, I know, and I'm not trying to jump the gun. I know you're getting all antsy and you're going to be all jittery for a second. <laughs> but what I'm saying is everybody knows that they've they've won a game. So that's going to allow Vegas to look to win the next game and then win a cup at, in in Vegas. That is like the ultimate money grab scenario for Gary Bettman in the NHL. So Vegas pull it on. They leave. Uh, they leave Vegas to return. You know, and obviously shifts to Florida. They take a two nothing series lead, and the way games one two were going, it almost looked like this series was pretty much locked down. Um, game threes, you know, in Florida, I didn't see. I only saw like the last half of. Th- third period uh so i don't know how the atmosphere was at the start of the game for florida it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, yeah if it was if it was like vegas or or less it was vegas. It's a stanley cup finals yeah, if it was loud i mean obviously vegas was way loud um i i, I assume it was probably loud in florida i don't know now why, um, you, now why would you make that assumption if you didn't watch it what would make you have that assumption? I'm just curious. Uh, because Vegas is more they 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 got a two nothing series lead. You know the fans in Florida they like kind of like nervous and they're like oh no, here we go. We've been down this road like they they were down three nothing. It was a three nothing or three one to Boston. I can tell you it wasn't. And like, no. What I can tell you is. They're a team. They they wanted to rally behind their team and make a comeback. This is a team that has made a comeback in every scenario that they have been put in, leading up to the leading up to the playoffs, and they've overcome the odds. It's just it's a weird dynamic with this team. You can't cut them out. I know that you had them out in the first within the first minute of the first game. You had said, "Oh, they're getting swept. It's over." That's how fast you call games. Which is obviously well, correct, but other than the Boston series, they weren't. They was it? Were they down three nothing to Boston? No. Or was it three one? No, I think they went down two to one, and then three to one, and then three to two. So, but the other series, they weren't down that much, so they didn't have to come no, back. They, they found their niche. They they freaking took off with it. But they were faced with maybe not even making the playoffs, like I said in the last show, to making it not only into the playoffs, but be the number one team ever to play the game of hockey. I, okay. Um, I'm just telling you, but, in terms of points in the season and how they played, they were the best team at that time when they were being when Florida was playing them. And there's no debating it. They were the number one seed for a reason. But but Florida was able able to overcome adversity and win that game. You can't count Florida out. You just can't. Are, do they have a, a tough battle? Sure they do. They've got a real uphill battle. But you still can't count them out. It's only a two to one. If they win tomorrow, it's all tied up. So um, in game three. So game three, uh, you know, Montour scores the first goal. So the Florida gets the, that was actually Florida's first lead in the series. Uh, but then your your guy Stone uh, manages to tie the game. Uh, March or so, he's been he's got like thirteen goals in the playoffs now. 
he put them up two to one. Um, but then, uh, you know, Florida keeps battling back. Kachuk uh, ends up scoring, uh, tying the game. Uh, I believe it was an extra man. They had the extra man. Um, so he, you know, tied it up at two, set it to overtime. And I remember saying, actually putting a couple of bats, um, that you know, one a couple of uh, Vegas players would score, which I, that's the first time I even bought. Uh, I don't. Know, I just. I don't know why I did it. I. I the whole playoffs. I didn't bet anything. I didn't think I bet anything in the regular season. But um, uh, in this game, um, actually Vegas actually had a power play in overtime. I think it was a carryover. Um, they were two for six. And then once again, you know, Florida, 0 for 5. So they've not scored a power play goal in uh, 12 attempts now. So, I mean, they're, gonna, they're obviously going to keep getting power play attempts. I mean, they actually had more power plays in game three than game uh, one and two. Um, and they're, I mean, they, the Vegas did have six power plays, but they're, you know, they, um, they're getting a little bit more disciplined. Um, you know, a couple of those penalties were, shouldn't have been penalties. Um, but, uh, I'm not saying they need to be five for five on the power play, right? but they got to at least get a couple, at least one or two, depending on how many power plays they have opportunity to get. Um, but, you know, in a, before Kachuk scored this, uh, he before he before Kachuk scored a tying goal, he just looked. Uh, I don't remember what the word I said. Uh, he looked. He said he was rattled. Rattled because he would give the puck away. He wouldn't make. He wouldn't make the plays that he would normally. He would. He would, he would look to drop. The brought the puck off, like drop, drop pass, or, or just get rid of it. I don't know if it's that maybe that the hit that he took uh, in game was it one or two? Um, two. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if it was. Maybe it was the the, the hit. I I don't know, but you know, but as a team. In game three, I mean, and obviously they won it in overtime. Uh, Carter Verhage scored it in overtime. It was actually, I, I believe, it was the first shot on, on the first Florida shot in overtime. I believe. Um, if not, it was a second. But Florida had twenty-four giveaways in this game. I mean, that just you got to take care of the puck. Uh, Kachuk had three. I mean, I guess. I guess three is not really a lot, but in the playoffs, I would think, you know, three, you know, it's, it, it's a lot. Um, I don't remember what the shots were in the second, in the second period, uh, or the second in game two. Um, but in this, in the in game three, Vegas had a 27, 23 shot. So it was pretty, pretty tight. Um, I, I know you said Florida actually led shots in game one. I'm not sure what game two, but yeah, I just, I mean, it, I guess, you know, Kachuk shows he's, he shows, he just looked, like I said, he looked rattled, but you know, he, 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 he,
he rebounded and 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 you no, know, you know a lot of players would just like kind of slink down and you know be real you know I don't know what's going on I don't I can't do this but he just came battle back and ended up finding a way to I think it was a tip at the tying goal and I believe he I, I can't remember I think he had something to do with the overtime he made a play or, or a pass I, I can't remember exactly exactly what but I think he made he he did something in overtime um to, oh I think he, he maybe a block I, I I don't remember but he, but yeah he he just shows that he's he's got the resilience yeah that's what makes him so good but uh you know like I said I only saw the last half of third uh you know because I, I was playing hockey and you know game <clears throat> last oh, i saw the last half third period and, and the being the overtime obviously the overtime was like uh it was like early it was like four was it three or four minutes in or something like that um but uh so you know that they're right back in the series it's two games to one um but I don't know if you you know got any more in game three to talk about. I don't really no. Um, I've already gone on uh, and on about. But it. yeah, I mean, I, this the, obviously this is I, I put the stat down there. Um, you know, it's kind of a moot stat now because it's just it's a series of two games to one. But if it would have been three games. You know the lease. I mean, obviously, it, that doesn't happen because it's not three nothing series lead. Um, but the only team in to come back from a three nothing series lead in the Stanley Cup final deficit that was the Toronto and Maple Leafs in 1942 against Detroit. And you know, I, I don't know why that it's the Pride Wing. So, but you know, obviously. It's not three nothing. It's two to one. Um, game four is Saturday, and then uh, game five is uh, Tuesday. So they're going to have another little, <clears throat> little, uh, a couple games, uh, a couple days off between uh, game four going, because obviously game four is in Florida, and game five is back to Vegas. So you know, game four is going to be a huge game. Um, you know, maybe Florida can. Get the series tied up, and you know, and then 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 there'll be a game six back in Florida. So, um, yeah, we'll see. It, it, it's going to be interesting. To see, you know, are they going to be able to get to Aiden Hill? I mean, he's still even. They just did. He they broke. Well, him. but he, you know, it, it was an overtime goal. I mean, uh, Florida had one shot in overtime. Well. Vegas only had two shots in overtime. Vegas, actually, it was 27-23. So, it, Florida just needs... I mean, they are getting shots. They just need to find a way to get it behind a no. I don't... I remember when... Bruce, I don't remember his first name. When Brassa... I can't even pronounce his name. Um... I remember when he went down, and I, I, I remember saying... This, and this is what, around two or three. Um, I remember saying, geez, Vegas, you know, they're, they're, obviously I had picked them in the bracket challenge uh, to win the cup. And I'm thinking, I don't know about that now. You know, 
the goaltending is a little iffy. Um, obviously, Aiden Hills kind of changed that. He's still not. I don't. Uh, he's not young. I mean, I don't. He's like he's almost thirty. He's like twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Um, and he's been around, but I mean, he has. He's. I don't want to say because he's he's been starting. He's he's been a starter. But I don't want to. He's not like. He's not like the type of goalie that is. No, you build your team around. Um, maybe this. How do you know will, that? Maybe this will change it. Well, because if he was, San Jose would have kept him. Um, yeah, but, but so everybody would. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm kind of long-winded here. I'm just trying to say maybe Vegas, Florida can get to him, find a way to, you know, Break that. I mean, obviously, you know, it probably doesn't happen in the in the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, you're, you you're good enough goalie. You're you're not gonna just fall apart. I don't think that's ever happened in the finals, as far as a goalie falling apart. Well, I um, don't. I can't make that statement because I don't have any facts, um, statistics in front of me, so I can't agree or disagree with your statement. I mean, I just don't see Florida scoring six, seven goals on any hill. Why, think, why did you need to? Um, well, the way Vegas has been scoring, you, know, you you just have be, to find a way to shut them down. Be, before game three, they've had they've you know five and seven goals, so. I yeah. mean, obviously, one of them was renting that goal. Um, they just but, have to find. They have to find the way to shut down Vegas. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see how. I mean, obviously, Ian Hill's going to rebound from that, you, game, that overtime. You know, you don't know and, that he's, and, he's a journeyman backup who's playing. Who's playing know. great? Don't get me wrong. I'm at. Well, I, I'm actually very surprised at where he where he is right he, now. Uh, you see, you say he's a backup, but I actually looked it up and I, I didn't write, actually didn't write it down. But, um, cause I was thinking, you know, six, I was like, is, has he ever even started? Um, but he's, you know, every team he's played, um, you know, going back to 2017, eight, 2017-18, actually Arizona, and he was actually Arizona's uh, third-round pick in 2015. But he played four games, and he started four games. Okay. And then then the next year, 13 games, and he started 11. And then, I mean, other than the next year after that, he only started nine, and he played 13. Um, But then the in 2020-21 with Arizona, 17 starts, 19 games played. And then when he went to San Jose, 22 starts, yeah, 25 I don't think you have to get into all this, but so you have to think about I, this. Just show right there, he's 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 starting goaltender. I mean, if he was a backup... D'Lo, he's only he played four freaking games. We're, we're talking about... We're, we're in talking one about, season, he's yeah, played... That's pathetic. That's four games. In the last ten in years, 2017, in 2017, eight, 
In no. the last five he's years. He's played 101 games total. He's played uh, 27 in this the year. past season. How many did he play 20, last year? 25. You, you realize he started the season not even in the NHL. But I'm just saying he's. Um, you can call him a starter, but how many how many qualified non journeyman starters? Well, I just want to say games. I, 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 I always I was saying I was saying you know saying the same thing as far as you know he's like, he's a backup, and then I look at it, like well, he may may he may not be an elite starter, but he's a starter. If he was a backup, I mean, he I can't, I can't argue that fact. But a guy, I'm, I, I'm just saying that if, if people had seen him being a good goaltender, he's not going to be sent to San Jose. He's not going to be sent to Henderson. He's not going to be playing for Tucson. Like he's going to be playing in the NHL. So either a lot of teams really passed up and didn't see his opportunity for what he could do and never gave him a chance. Or he was able to fine tune it in the very little bit of time he played with Vegas. I mean, we can't, we can't say that he's some incredible unstoppable, unstoppable goal. I mean, he's beatable, but he, we've, we have such a very small sample size to, to classify him as greater elite. And I know you just said, like, we're not going to call me elite, and I agree with you on that. But I also think it's a far stretch to, to say that, hey, this guy, you know, he, he, he's he been great. No, he's been all over the place. I think he's surprising a lot of people, and he's going to win a job next year. I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's kind of that, that, like, unsung hero kind of player. And hopefully he has a good career, but. I don't know. I just think the sample size is way too small in the NHL. That kind of wraps up the uh, some of the, these, you know, the first three games of the finals. Um, there's actually surprisingly um, a couple of NHL trades. Um, the first, um, I don't know, Philadelphia. Uh, there was a three-way, three-team trade: Columbus, uh, Philadelphia, and LA. And I think. Um, I think LA got the short end of the stick. Uh, Ivan Provorov uh, ended up going to Columbus. Uh, Philadelphia gets Cal Peterson, um, one of the top. Uh, one, I want to say top one. One of the bright spots for the Kings in goaltending. In goaltending, well, he was. And then uh, they also get Sean Walker, and then a prospect, uh, Algi. Grands and and a second round pick in twenty four. Uh, the Kings get Kevin Kanan and Hayden uh, Hodgson. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really familiar with Kanan, but I don't. I just don't see. You know, Cal Peterson is going to be a star. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be elite, but he's going to be a star. Well, uh, he signed. You know, he signed with you know, coming right out of uh, juniors. He signed with LA. Played played with LA his whole career. So, um, and God knows Philadelphia needs goaltending. Um, and another another uh, move. Uh, uh, New Jersey had signed Devin, Devin 
Tevin uh, Severson. Uh, I believe he was the only uh, the longest the longest tenured devil, I believe, uh, as of late. Um, or something like that. They signed him to an eight-year, fifty-million-dollar contract, and then they trade him to Columbus. Yeah, New Jersey gets a third-round pick in this year's draft. So the, his average is AAV is going to be six million, six point two five million. Uh, he's a defenseman. So I mean, obviously Columbus probably needs that. Um, they got there was. Thought I saw another one, um, but that might be, I don't, it might not be final yet. It might be just rumors. Um, don't remember who it was now. But then um, kind of a, another, uh, uh, another news, news story kind of relating, sort of, even though he hasn't played in a couple of years with them, uh, kind of relates to the, Detroit, um, the Blackhawks signed Athanasiu uh, as a two-year contract. He could have been a unrestricted free agent. Uh, he had forty points this past season. He signed a two-year, eight and a half million dollar contract. So the AAV is four point two five million. Uh, I don't. Know. I mean. He probably wasn't going to be signed with any, somewhere else. So wasn't a bad. I mean, that's not a bad price for him. He's he's on the. I don't. I wouldn't want to call him old, but he's on the older side. He's been playing in the league for a while. So I mean, he's got he's got some, you know, some a little bit of tread on the tires left, and I think that's a pretty fair deal. He's twenty eight years old. So yeah, and I think that's. Um, but all the news so far. just because it's fun and. I'm going to throw some things in the rumor mill. Um, Alex DeBrinkett, he's been kicked around talking uh, about going to Detroit. Well, I see, I heard, I just saw that he had submitted a four team list or five team list to Ottawa. I don't know if they're going to trade him. God, I think he's becoming, I think he's up to be a free agent. Um, so yeah, he, I read that three I, of the I read that three of the teams are Detroit, Vegas, of course Vegas, and Florida. It's like oh. okay, so you you want so your three choices are a dumpster you fire and two Stanley Cup finalists. So I guess that I guess we know who will be ruled out of that particular trade. Why would you go to Detroit when you can go go potentially play for? Well, at Vegas, they're not going to be able to afford them. But who knows? I'd love to see him in a winged wheel. You know, we got to start getting these little pieces together and, you know, start generating some offense. And Well, I was going to say, I was going to say Vegas because, you know, they like to play with the cap so they can hide the caps. You know, I think, he, I think his salary is, what, $6 million a year? I'm not sure how many years, but I think he was making $6 million, So, yeah, they can hide that. They can play with the cap. They've been playing it with Stone and everybody else, so they'll find a way. I think he'll go to Vegas. I don't know. The reason I kind of like him in Detroit is they can afford him, first of all. He's going to bring a lot of offense that they need. He doesn't shy away from the puck. Um, and I think that he could be on that tail end of, of I don't want to say his prime, but I think he could be on that 
you know, I think he could still be productive when the wings become competitive again. And he would be a good veteran presence at that time. Yeah, but how soon? Because he's 28. Um, yeah, obviously he's going to want to win a cup. Um, is he going to want, I mean, obviously Detroit's on the, on his list. He must think they can win a cup within a couple of years because I don't see him. I mean, maybe he can go, maybe he could play until he's 35. I don't know, but you know, well, I think he's over 35 and I still I, play. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, at, at NHL, I mean, I'm yeah. talking about beer league, but you know, it's like, you know, I, yeah, I think he's going to want you know, within the next two to three years. And to, is he, is he gonna, I guess it's going to come down to think, and does he think that Detroit will be there in the next two or three years? I don't know. Why Why not think it? They're right there. They just need to, you know, like I, we talked about last last show, they need to find, you know, be, you know, they need to put those win streaks together and, you know, be more consistently winning and, and not falter down the stretch. You know, otherwise, they, I don't want to say they would have made the playoffs, but they would have been real close they wouldn't have lost those five games at the end of the season but but we'll you know i guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens come come july which is right around the corner yep um next next show we might actually have a Stanley cup uh, winner oh, who knows yeah i think we will um actually the last uh the last possible date was the 17th, so I think I believe it was. So I mean, it's and, and it could go seven games. So we'll have to wait and see. But um, uh, is that all the NHL news stories? That you, you know, rumors. That's like, all I have. I am tapped out. Um. But uh, so my, our last uh, AHL update of the season here um, until next season. Uh, it's a kind of a heartbreaking one for the Admirals. I mean, all, you know, they, they gave it their all, um, but they end up losing uh, game five, two to one. Um, and then uh, they lost game six, which they ultimately did them in. Uh, they lost that one four to three. Um, so. But you know, it's good for the. You'll see a bunch of those guys next year. Well, we already seen some of them in the, in the Predators uh, this past season before they got set, you know, down for the playoff run. But so that's what I mean. You'll um, see. but you know, it it's 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 good for Milwaukee. It's good for for the Predators. So you know, good things are on uh, on the horizon and. I'm not going to go too much into it, but um, I'll tell you what, Coachella Valley, who's actually Seattle, and then Hershey is uh, Washington's. That's, you know, the way Hershey played against the Amherst for defensive. Um, but um, game one was uh, the, last night, and uh, Coachella, Coachella Valley won 5 to nothing. So it looks like they're uh, they're a really really good team. I mean, obviously Hershey might bounce back, but um, I'm not gonna you know have any you know big updates. You know the next you know we'll probably just mention uh, you know whoever wins the the Calder Cup, obviously just like um, the Kelly Cup, which is the 
I believe that's the ECHL. Um, actually, I didn't even see. Not even sure who was in that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, so that's uh, that'll wrap up the AHL update for this season, pretty much. Um, yeah, the Kelly Cup is the ECHL. Uh, actually, another Florida team, the Florida Everblade, which uh, I believe they used to be Nashville. Oh, I think they know. I think they are the Panthers. So they're in the Kelly Cup final against the Idaho. I didn't know Idaho had a team. The, the, the Florida Everblades are up three games to none on them. So I'm sure they'll they'll probably end up winning. Who knows? But um, so that's uh, that's that's another minor league. And uh, as, as, as speaking of the ECHL, uh, the Predators. Um, I think it's an is it a new team? They enter a agreement with Atlanta Gladiators. To be honest, I've never heard of the Atlanta Gladiators, so I don't know if they're a new team. The, actually, the jerseys looks pretty cool. They're actually uh, um, uh, similar colors to Milwaukee and Nashville. They got the yellow. They got the, the blue, the same kind of blue that Milwaukee does. So I don't know if they just entered the agreement with them or if they're a new team because I don't never... But anyway, the um, and then Atlanta and Nashville are like four hours apart. They're relatively close, so that's <clears throat> that's a good thing for the Predators, I think. Obviously, they're gonna be there, and then you know, obviously they're the ECHL, which is a lower level, um, and then obviously they'll be going to Milwaukee, and then ultimately the Predators. Um, so that's all all the news I got on that. Um, and I don't know, I just, just briefly, you know, the, the news about the Coyotes, um, a lot of teams are looking to maybe woo them after the, their arena proposal got rejected. You know, we heard about Houston. Uh, well now the Utah Jazz, which is a basketball team, I believe, He's, he's got interest in bringing um, them to Salt Lake City. So <clears throat> who knows what, uh, I mean, obviously Gary Bettman's insisting on keeping them in Arizona, but unless they want to keep playing in a 5,000-seat college arena, they're going to have to move, <laughs> you know, or I don't know if they're going to get in the arena, but who knows that's we'll just have to see what happens down the line but we'll keep tabs on it you know as long as gary bettman's in charge which he probably should step down yeah he's run his course he, he's they're probably gonna end up staying uh, he's he's insisted on leaving arizona why i don't know i don't know maybe he's got a part ownership i don't know i mean obviously he doesn't because that'd be kind of a conflict of interest right i don't know maybe he's got a house i don't know he's got some bug up his butt about arizona i don't know maybe does he's the one that brought them brought them from winnipeg i don't know but he's insisting on keeping them in arizona unless that's just maybe just public talk maybe that's the face he's like oh he's got to say that i don't know but all i have um the guy anything else um a little bit longer this week um just could dive a little bit deeper into the finals um so next week we might have uh one two games it'll have to be at least two yeah game well game 
four. Oh yeah, game. Yeah, that's right. Because there will be a game five. Yeah, we'll probably just have two games next week before we call it a show. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of stats. You know, we 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 gone through a lot of stats in game. You know, for one game, two game, three. Apparently, stats are for losers. What are you talking about? You didn't catch that, did you? No. Um, Mr. Gretzky on the, I think it was a post-game show of game three, or the intermission, it might have been during the intermission, between uh, third period and overtime. (laughs) He, he, He said stats are for losers on the air, on yeah, I don't know what they were talking about. Something I don't remember what. Uh, but yeah, he said that. So I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. So I guess I don't want to say stats don't lie because you can, you can, uh, you you can make stats do whatever you want them to. But I don't know. I don't want to read into it too much, but that's what Gretzky, you know, yeah. he's got a lot of interesting uh, comments that he said over the years. Um, he just doesn't care. Why should he? He's yeah. the best hockey player to ever play the game, arguably. He's not a bad analyst either, really. Better than the, better than the other guy they got on, but I'm not going to go on that because that's he's going to listen to us. But anyway, I guess that's uh, another wrap for uh, episode 64. Yes, it uh, is. Bunch of jerks. So, once again, our uh, social media, uh, Pride Wings Podcast, you can get us on Facebook, uh, Discord, Twitch, and Instagram. Uh, Twitter and YouTube, we're at Pride Wings Pod, and you can always email us at Pride Wings Podcast at gmail.com. So, another episode 64, crawling our way to the end of the season here. Thanks for tuning in to the Pride Wings Podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See ya, Smashville.